You're listening to another episode of the Zag. Eric Soap here, continuing our series featuring NLC alums connected to education in a variety of ways as we're thinking and talking about how to open up schools again. 2017 NLC Maryland fellow Hernanda Altima is here. We'll catch up with her, hear her perspective on this incredibly difficult challenge of getting our kids back into learning positions that will make them successful in life and beyond. So thanks for listening. Let's get to it. All right, so we've had a couple different guests coming on from a couple of different angles on this issue. We've had folks working directly in schools as teachers and principals. We've had folks working in higher education. Share with the listeners a little bit about your uh, angle into this topic. Yes, yes. So I am a mental health advocate in Maryland. I work for Mental Health Association of Maryland, and I have the honor of leading our Children's Behavioral Health Coalition. And in that capacity, we look at the children's public behavioral health system and figure out different ways we can integrate ourselves and and try to fill in the gaps. At this moment in time, we see a crucial need in the school system in the respect of lack of school-based behavioral health services. So we are very much um, concerned about um, various resources that are lacking for children that may have a mental health need or for children that may have a substance use disorder. And so we have been very active in the process of transforming the education system in Maryland. We were very close this past legislative session that was shortened due to the coronavirus, where we were able to pass a landmark legislation that included up to $135 million um, of school education funding for school behavioral health services, which included um, screening for the um, the students, which included personnel training in mental health first aid, which included referral services for children that needed to, to be connected to community providers, just a, a variety of different services was going to be tapped into for students that needed to have their mental health looked at first before they could really um, perform academically. So what we do and what, what I've been actively engaged in is really looking at the mind of the student. And now even more so, it's important because they're going through a pandemic and many are going through a dual pandemic with the racial justice issues that have arisen to the rose into the risen to the top. And so um, in that respect, we are looking more at the mental or emotional well-being of the student um, during this unprecedented time. And then are there any bright spots that you've seen starting in the spring when most schools and school districts went virtual and and the majority of those districts are continuing with virtual as we start the year? Yeah. Is there anything that's encouraging to you about how teachers or schools or districts at large have handled it? Well, what's been interesting is now that we have been holding these kind of webinars or workshops or sessions virtually to help the school systems, including like the administrators and the school staff, in knowing what they can do before school systems happen. We've held a panel just last week with a a bevy of um, behavioral health experts that talked about restorative justice, that talked about executive function, that talked about just the provider network and and what the students are grappling with. And so more education is being asked 
and, and we are providing it, as well as just the resources that are kind of ramping up right now with such as crisis services. We have a bunch of that coming about in the sense of locating where they are and where they do not exist. And I've consistently said this, when there is a situation such as a pandemic that's going on right now, what we have been talking about before the pandemic or a very unprecedented situation is when these gaps that existed before are highlighted and spotlighted are now being even more exacerbated because of, of a, a crushing um, um, event. And so now everyone has been rushing to get these crisis services um, intact or put together to get these different um, trainings on the schedule and have these teachers take these trainings as well as to have um, parents know what access is available. They've even created a text line, a crisis text line for students to be able to tap into their phones and say, hey, there's a, something going on with me. What should I be doing? Where can I go? So it's just been, uh, that's been encouraging. That and there's plenty of things that need to get done, but that's been encouraging to see. <laughs> Good to hear. When we come back, we'll talk more about this incredibly important issue of mental health in, in schools and with our students. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Zag. We are back. So when we think about supporting parents who are now in many ways playing the role of, of teacher uh, every day since a lot of students are, are home, any suggestions or advice for them? Yeah, and the other aspect of Mental Health Association is that we are a consumer-based um, kind of advocacy group. So we do hold a lot of um, we do have a lot of information and literature for parents who need to know what they should be doing when they have to handle just their other responsibilities with their other children that may not be school aged or their other ch children that uh, might need them or might have severe disabilities that they need to tend to. So what we've been um, talking about is just having a, you know, a parent um, network. Um, we've definitely been um, advocating that people, parents come together and, and lean on each other. Um, we have a, a website up that's definitely talking about parents who need to um, reach out to any of their um, students, sorry, student teachers by using the portal that's within their schools. And so trying to let them know that that's available to, available to them. Um, also holding more um, of these like town hall meetings with, with some of these parents so that they can voice their concerns. Um, we've definitely tried to look at various ways of how parents could uh, get this hold of this information. And we also offer a helpline on our end for those that might need to call in and, and talk about, you know, or, or find additional resources if there's not any available in their county. And then last thing, if you had one resource to direct folks to to support the work that you're doing, where would you send them? To our website. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. Yeah. Yeah, so if, if anyone is looking to find out how to engage with our um, organization, we do have a, a, a four different things that we do, we offer. We offer advocacy, which was what I mentioned earlier in Children's Behavioral Health Coalition, where we do take feedback from the community so that we know exactly where the touch points are. And the other part of that is that we offer training. So when we are looking to train people who want to be, it's the train-a-trainer model. If there are parents who want to know what cues and, and signals to look out for in their parents, or even with parents that are teachers, if they want to know how to be able to pick that up. Also, we have a, a kind of quality improvement model where we do um, go out and um, 
review the the different residential treatment centers, the different resource centers, wellness centers that are out there. So to make sure that they are up to quality for the child that is utilizing that service. And then we also have the part of advocacy, uh, I apologize, not outreach, and which is what I mentioned earlier, for those who want to know specifically um, what a certain diagnosis, we have fact sheets out, we hold different kind of virtual trainings for how to do um, your own self-care, to how to do your own mental health, and also how to incorporate your child into that mental health as well. So all of that can be found on www.mhamd.org. Fantastic. Well, listen, we'll make sure to put that info into the description for the episode. And thanks, everyone, for listening to this latest edition of the zag make sure to download and subscribe so you can catch all the episodes featuring all the educators we've had on the last 10 days to two weeks or so lots of interesting angles and conversations to be had thanks for listening get those podcasts all the places you find them soundcloud spotify stitcher they're all there and until next time we'll catch you soon